eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From the local lanes to the PBA Tour, bowling fans, welcome to the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Associates. Now, here's your host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with Phil Brilo from Extra Frame on PBA.com, as well as Dwight Albrecht of the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin coming up, as you just heard in the promo. Marshall Holman. That's still on, right, Phil? Because you set this up, right? Yes, indeed. Don't Marshall's, disappoint me oh, now. No. Marshall's ready to rock and roll Do this I, morning. When I had to put this in the promo, and it uh, was running uh, this week, Chuck Freeman from Chuck and Winkler heard it he's like dude that's awesome hold on i'm gonna get you i don't care if he he may get upset me for reading the text messages but i don't care i'm gonna read them anyhow (laughs) let me just get this it it was hilarious because i was just sitting at home and i i wasn't listening to them i was dealing with you know baby jackson yeah um and all of a sudden he texted me and he said uh marshall holman i loved him he was always kind of a hothead um and he loved uh, big Mark Roth, too, as he put it. Mm-hmm. He said, how about Fred Jasky, the yep. green uh, from Greendale, who won the Miller Light Open? Mm-hmm. He said, I would go to Celebrity Lanes show. on 27th yeah. each April when the PBA would come. I grew up a mile away, although today I'm so out of touch with bowling. And again, oh, good memories, I though. guarantee you he's not the only one. That was hugely into it, all about it. Um, and then since then, you know, it's kind of fallen out of it and, and doesn't watch it as much, but grew up a huge fan of it. And there are so many of those same people um, that are probably in his boat. A lot of people, if they were Extra Frame subscribers, could watch these guys on the fifth PBA 50 tour now. Right. I mean, that's starting again in April. Yep. So, you know, you still get guys like uh, uh, Don Sylvia won the, the PBA 60 National Championship last year. I mean, all guys that grew up throwing AMF, you know, Dick Weber five stars yep. and stuff like that and three dots that that Chuck would like and uh, yeah the, the well, fifty tour you get a lot of those guys and and they're still out there and competitive. Well, what made Fred so good obviously is you hardly ever hear it. It was a local guy that broke through, yeah. you know, and made a national television so in his hometown and beats Marshall Holman at Celebrity. Yep. How can you forget that match? Yeah, and there's other guys from like around Illinois like Mark Fahey that came up. 
won the right. Miller one year yep. too as well. And yep. that's, that was like he was that was his one hit wonder. I had a Bo Mark Fay in the Metro one night over at Bloomon on Tuesday nights. He was in town, and so the, of course we have to bowl their team. And guess who the, they put me against? Mark <laughs> Fay, the Pro Bowler. And really? I'm telling you, everyone in that league wanted me to beat him. You oh, know, sure. but. I know the lanes were pretty tough that night. I don't remember what the score was. It was pretty close, but he struggled just as much as we did. Yeah. But that was what made Fred so good is that he broke through from a local. And you hardly ever hear that today. You know, it's funny. If you go to Google and you type in Marshall Holman, mm-hmm. have you ever done it before? No. no. Mm-hmm. I was doing it this morning. I was like, I'm just going to type Marshall Holman and see what comes up. But like the very first thing that comes up, Marshall Holman kicks out foul light. Yep. And I just mm-hmm. started laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, TV. yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that that that's the Marshall Holman that mm-hmm. everybody remembers. That mm-hmm. till this day, this that still comes up. He yeah. gave the word intense another level on TV. Oh, no doubt about that. I mean, just the fire you'd see him flailing his arms around, running mm-hmm. out strikes. But you know and... what, though, guys? Okay, so l- l- I I don't feel great now, but hothead, right? Fine, sure, gets oh, emotional, yeah. whatever, right? But. In a crazy way, was the best thing that could have happened for that yep. sport because Roth wasn't that emotional guy, yep. and he became no, very he became the quote key. black hat, the bad guy, right, with a hothead, mm-hmm. crybaby, temper tantrum boy, yep. um, who went nuts. But from an entertainment perspective, you couldn't beat that. Yep, that's what you yep. loved seeing that. Then again, I'm gonna go back on my rant about the tour now. But those guys really aren't on this tour. You don't have that type of craziness. When Holman came to Milwaukee, the fans would boo yes. in the stands at yep. him. And, well, he told them they were number one back. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know? I mean, and now with his first that's figure. how fiery he was, you know? But um, I, I I remember being in the stands and people were booing at him. But you remember Pete Weber did like coming to Milwaukee either. Yeah. We talked to him. Yeah. He did like coming to Milwaukee. He yeah. wasn't a fan well, of Milwaukee. We were deep bowling fans up here. Yeah. I mean, so, again, it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll talk to Marshall Holman coming up in about uh, 15 minutes or so. What time did you book him? 9.20, I think it was. Yeah. So 15 minutes, we'll get to him. Um, And uh, a pretty crazy story out of uh, high school bowling. Mm -hmm. Well, actually not high school bowling, youth bowling in Waterford uh, from yesterday. We'll get to that, too, uh, after Marshall Holman. But first. So there is no bowling on TV to watch, really. Uh, and we have a bunch of uh, live events coming up in February. Every weekend is is live bowling, so that's going to be a great month of February for the PBA, and then they take off in March, and they come back in April. So I was like, well, man, what the heck are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? So I was like, well, you know, I never go to their website because I just get upset when I do. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go see if I can find something to talk about for today. So I went to bowl.com. And wouldn't you know what I find right there on the front of bowl.com, and I don't know when this was put up. It doesn't even really matter. Um, the 2016 recap and the 2017 preview by Chad Murphy, USBC executive director. I'm like, oh, this I'm sure will get fired me fired up. I'm sure he'll say something that I totally disagree with. So let's just start reading. And it is a long read. Oh my God. But so you get to 2017 preview and there is a section called equipment specs. Oh boy. (laughs) And it says, I'm just going to read a part of it. A new lane inspection study should be released sometime this year. USBC went into the field and collected data from over 1,000 lane beds in 20 different states. Did you see these people come to you in New Berlin? Okay. Uh, We have been studying the effects on lane uh, topography uh, from seasonal changes along uh, with wear and tear. Soon, we'll share that information with the industry. There is cause for concern in this area, and we will need... They continue to look carefully at the topography of the lane and the impact it has on our comp- uh, competitors and the sport directly. 
uh, how we ask profiteers uh, to maintain synthetic lanes will become a topic of discussion for the future, and we look forward to that conversation. I read that. I said, oh, okay. Mm, bye. This is where, this is this is I, where it goes weird. Not where it goes weird, but I just want answers to these questions from you guys. Yep. And I'm going to ask Marshall Holman. The certs and uh, specifications team also has spent some time over the last two years researching the bowling ball. Should bowling continue to support new and newer technology? Should new limits be placed to prevent advances? Or even should a reduction take place? These questions are important. They need to be asked and answered. And so we will. All right, I'm done reading it after that. Mm -hmm. First of all, that may be the single dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say in my life. Ever. In any sport. And I mean any. I've never, ever heard that. Could you imagine the PGA comes out and says, you know what? All these new advancements in golf clubs and stuff. We're going back to the 70s golf clubs. We're going back to the 1970s golf ball. And we're going to see how you guys play with that. Because it's, I don't like how it is anymore. We're going to, you, you've got to be kidding me. I about lost my mind when I read that, when he said, and I quote, should Boeing continue to support newer and newer technology? Should new limits be placed to prevent advances? Or even should a reduction take place with bowling balls? He's, Go yeah. ahead. He's, I, yeah. Go he's, ahead. He's taking a page out of Bill Taylor's book. And I keep going back into when Who's I was- Who's Bill a, Taylor for people listening? Uh, wrote the book on how to fit and drill a bowling ball. Was nationally known for what I do for a living. All right. Every Bowler's Journal that came out month after month, he had an editorial to so he was a respected our guy. governing body. Okay. okay. Yes, very respected in the industry. Gotcha. Passed away a few years ago. Genius in, in the head. But his big deal, and it was going, you know, we had when we had Gary Beck on him, I compared Gary Beck to Bill Taylor. And the thing with Bill Taylor was he wanted the oilless lane. Um, he wanted oh, right. the, I remember to you keep the challenge. Yeah. Right. Yep. The challenge is what keeps us coming back in the sport. When the sport gets too easy, we meet our challenges. Why do we want to do it anymore? So I can see Chad's point, but you can't stop technology. Well, the thing is, is that the high end of technology affects the top 1% of bowlers. Let's be honest. Right. Jason Belmonte didn't worry about when the USBC reduced differential from 0.08 to 0.06. Right. Because Belmo can't throw that kind of bowling ball because it would roll out at his toes. Is exactly. Right. So this, you know keeping people from enjoying the sport by being able to use different technologies on the recreational end of things, I, I honestly think that's the wrong way to go. If you're going to put limits in for the top end, and they've already tried to do that now, right. uh, you know, at the at the Masters and U.S. Open, they don't reveal the pattern until the guys get done with the practice session, yeah. Yeah. and they can't change the surface of the bowling ball once practice starts, and, and all this other stuff they're trying to do, train the technology and the top 1%. That's fine, but leave my technology alone. If I want exactly. to go out and buy the latest hook monster yes. and not know how to throw it but still watch the ball I, hook yeah. 30 boards, let me do it and have fun yeah. with it. I argue with I, – I just uh, – it frustrates me so much that I always, on a daily basis, think about it is, was Bill Taylor right? You know, if we would have kept it an oilless lane and hard plastic, hard rubber bowling ball, would we have more participants in the sport? No. Okay, or people love to see that ball move. That's right. Don't and then you got to compare yourself. Then you got to compare it to golf. I mean, do they want the little persimmon head golf, golf driver? Let's yeah. talk about golf for a second. Tiger Woods came on the PGA Tour and wrecked it, yeah. killed it. No, and nobody in that field had ever seen anything like Tiger Woods. Not from a physically and fit performance aspect of it. Not from what he could do with a golf ball. All that. Now, did the PGA come back and say, you know? 
Tiger, you're going to have to play with some 1975-style clubs while the rest of the tour plays with the current tour because you're killing it too much. No. The, the course has said, okay, well, we're going to try and Tiger-proof it unsuccessfully. So they made the course longer. They did different yes. things to try and make it more difficult Challenge. for Tiger. Right. Do you want to know what happened? The rest of the field, over the course of time, caught up. Caught up. These right. young kids are coming out of college more physically fit. Everybody got on board. It made the sport better. It is did. he as dominant now because of numerous injuries and everything else yeah. that he's gone through? No. But the sport yeah. and how good these guys are is and women are is way better now than it, it ever is. was. And the technology for golf right now, Tiger's getting out hit by 60 yards because he's yep. older. Walter Ray Williams and Pete Weber can still strike with the best of them. Right. Yes, part of it's because of talent, and the other part is because they can get use these you know aggressive bowling balls, mm-hmm. get them set up by their reps, and next thing you know, they're in the pocket, smashing the pocket time mm-hmm. after time. When was there ever a 57-year-old PBA Tour player in the 60s, 70s, yeah. 80s that don't, anybody knew of? Yeah, like don't, Walter Ray. Don't Didn't limit happen. Te- technology. Bottom line, don't limit technology. But he is right on topography. A couple of years ago, I was at a trade show. I looked Norm Duke square in the face, and I said, Norm, does topography trump lane conditions? He looked back at me and said, absolutely, Dwight, absolutely. Here's the problem with topography and them getting crews out to check bowling alleys. What proprietor is going to pay for that? Well, some Name do. one proprietor is going to pay for that. Some do. To have Kegel come up and, and make sure that each lane is proper topography? There's actually another company out there called Lane Analytics that comes out and does the topography and can make the adjustments and everything. And they had them out at uh, prior to the U.S. Open at South Point. But I can tell you what, they definitely didn't get it perfect because if you watch that video of Marshall Kent getting air on lanes 35 and 36, they were so different from any other pair in that center. Everybody goes, it started off, you know, eight boards left and five boards left with your target than any other mm-hmm. pair. And obviously on the double burn squad, the only way you could either you could either go to a weak bowling ball, which you weren't going to carry with, yeah. or start pulling air like Greg Ostrander and Marshall Kent did. And that's why these guys are out there on the tour, because they can do the stuff we can't do. If we tried loft in the gutter caps, Dwight, we'd be in traction the next day. <laughs> I'd be in the hospital. Yep. I, yeah, I, I, normally how I bowl, I'm in the hospital. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so topography yeah, definitely I mean, trumps the lane conditions. But there you go back to the skill level of the player, exactly. though, today. that They could not do that in the 70s, and probably the closest that did that was Roth. Yeah. So what we learned from all of this is don't mess with what is fine. Right. Don't mess with the bowling balls. Don't try and, and go backwards no. with technology. I've never heard of a sport yeah. doing this. No. Ever. I've never heard of anybody saying, you know, technology is really hurting our sport. So let's dumb it down and bring it back yeah. ten years. That's yep. Bill Bill Terror World every month in Bowler's Journal, the same thing. I just I I just think I, it's 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 dumb. I think if Chad wants to do it for top level competition, if Chad Murphy wants to do it and he's already done it with the US. And if you're Open, a bowling ball yeah. company, let's take it to another aspect. Yep. So I don't know what his job technically is. I mean, he says it's all about the sport of bowling and making it better and all of this Mm -hmm. other stuff, right? Okay. If that's your job, then tell me this. If you stop technology, how are these bowling ball companies going to make money? Because now nobody's trying to outdo the other. Nobody's working hard to have a better bowling ball than the other because you limited the technology. So everybody's going to be at the same spot. Right. So now no bowling ball company is going to really have an advantage on the other because you won't let them. I can guarantee you. And furthermore, why would I go buy a new bowling ball every year now? It's the same technology. I'm just going to bowl this one until I decide it doesn't work anymore. And I'll go buy another one that looks just like it. Pricing for bowling balls, That's how is that going to possibly change? I I can guarantee you a CEO... Of every major ball company, by reading that article or reading that paragraph, is rolling their eyes back in their head. Oh, I'd go crazy. I'd call them. I'd be like, 
if you do this, we're all going to be done. Right. That's going to be the end of all of this. You'll have one bowling ball company that will make you one simple standard black bowling ball, and that's what you're going to have all over the country. But you'll have a level playing field. That, that's what you want. You'll have who's going to play? You'll have a level playing field. I have well, no idea. <laughs> you can have a level playing field. Again, who's going to play? But then again, Phil, here's you know I'm playing devil's advocate. Look at Team Masters. You know, Gary Beck Team Masters, they have two balls to choose from. You know, very flat, tough lane conditions, dry lane conditions. The That's kids a gimmick. Li- the kids like it, But though. it's a gimmick. It's different than if you're going in a league play having a bowl of that crap. Right. You, have, you have 7% of the same kids that bowl Team Masters. That's 7% of the total that go to Junior Gold. It's junior less- Gold, and th- that's on here, too. Yeah. Uh, junior Gold this year uh, saw 3,292 competitors on the lanes. 3,292 uh, competitors on the lane. They now have 21 states in the District of Columbia recognized bowling as a state uh, varsity status. Mm-hmm. 27 have club level at this point. We're still club level, uh, obviously, here uh, in Wisconsin at this point. Their bowler's ed program that they have saw a 211% increase over 2015. Uh, and the program awarding 44 grants inside the schools themselves, 175,000 new kids were introduced to bowling through the classroom in 29 different states. That's all good stuff. It is. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of this. I, I, so I don't want to just slam Jeb Murphy and everything, but that thing about the bowling ball drives me crazy. Yeah, but translating bowler's ed, it's a great amount of numbers, that type of thing, but how many of those kids, after they get on those carpet lanes in their gym class and that type of thing, how many of them are going out to a bowling center more than the first time they may be doing on a field trip from school? And join a league and that type of thing. That's where the numbers really need to start coming in is how many of those 175,000 that you get to bowl on a carpet lane end up joining even a youth league. six or eight week youth league. Exactly. Right, exactly right. Sparky, when I was a mechanic in my younger days at Red Carpet, I remember my head mechanic saying, oh, goodness gracious, they're going to put limitations of weight of bowling pins. They're they're raising it, I think, from three pounds, three ounces, and now it's minimum three, six, I believe, is yep. what... The, so they, they were trying to do the controlling of the scoring back in the 70s through the weight of the pins even. That's crazy. All right, coming up next, we'll hear from the bowling legend, Marshall Holman. Get his thoughts on what Mark Murphy is suggesting here at the USBC and asking those questions. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. That's straight ahead here on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on The Fan. The road can be unpredictable. Welcome back. It is Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Your chance to win a brand new bowling ball, just like we do every other year. And it's brought to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. And, of course, Dwight Albrecht here, the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. He'll uh, drill the ball up for you for free after you win it. All you have to do to enter is go to MILWCAR.com. MILWCAR.com. Uh, and there's a little form you just fill it out and submit it, and then we'll draw the winner uh, coming up on the last show of the year on February 26th. We'll draw the winner for that. It's track bowling ball. Uh, pretty cool. You like it, right? Oh, we just had our demo day over on Thursday at, at the bowling alley, right. and the Mako was one of the, the favorite from all the testers. Sweet. So there you go. Your chance to win that bowling ball. M-I-L-W-C-A-R.com. Joining us now, he is the bowling legend, Marshall Holman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Marshall, thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing really good. I, I, I want to start off with what we were just talking about, because it, it 
I mean, really got me upset. Uh, so Mark, uh, not Mark Murphy, I almost called him the Chad. Packers president. Ch- Chad Murphy of uh, the USBC on Bowl.com uh, wrote his recap of 2016. Uh, and then he went ahead to preview 2017. Uh, and there's a section in the preview of 2017 uh, where he says this about uh, equipment specs. The certs and specifications team also has spent time over the last two years researching the bowling ball. Should bowling continue to support newer and newer technology? Should new limits be placed to prevent advances? Or even should a reduction take place? Marshall Holman, I ask you your answers to those questions. Well, I personally, my own personal opinion is that we should have done something a long time ago, uh, about the uh, the advancements in in the uh, in the bowling ball, but to uh, to stop it now and to roll it back with all of the um, with all of the sponsorship money that the that the ball companies put in, I think would be an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. Um, you know, the, I guess the the proverbial cat has been out of the bag for twenty plus years, and uh, uh, I definitely think that the, that the balls are are extraordinarily strong and and it and the pins uh they fly around a lot more than they did back in the day but that's uh, that's what the current that's what the current players are are working with uh they have to deal with that uh they do a, a good job with it the uh it never really did matter what the score was at the end of a tournament i won tournaments averaging 200 i won tournaments averaging 240 uh the uh Averages of today are much higher than they were back when I was bowling. Um, but it's still a matter of just knocking down one more pin than your opposition. So uh, where where I could see that that could be a um, something that, that I would have liked to have seen maybe years ago, I don't see it happening now. Um, and I've, I'm sorry if I'm being too political politically correct. Well, I, I definitely wasn't politically correct because I've never seen anybody. That's not what I am on this radio station, but uh, I, I've never seen a sport suggest stopping technology. I mean, it would have been like the PGA Tour stopping Tiger Woods uh, and what he was doing when he completely came on tour and wrecked that tour be, by being more physically fit, hitting the ball as long as he did with his precision as he did. Instead, the sport became much better. The, the golfers became better. They were forced to get better in order to compete with him. Golf courses try to, quote, tiger-proof themselves. But they never suggested, you know, changing or stopping technology of the golf clubs or stopping technology of the golf ball. I, I just think right now that, again, I'm not talking about PBA bowler. I'm talking about average Joe that goes down to his bowling center. He loves seeing that ball go from right to left or left to right 20, 30 boards. That, that, he loves that. If, if you pull that back now, and we were talking about it before, and say, okay, everybody's going to have the exact same top of technology that they can use, I, I think bowling ball companies are screwed at that point because now why do I need to go buy a new bowling ball because they're all the same? Well, yeah, that gets back to my point of of, uh, of it's already you know the, the balls are out there. Uh, they have been getting stronger for years. They continue to you know to have research and development and and new and new pieces of equipment that I'm sure that there are generations of equipment that have already been produced that that have not been uh, put on the market yet that are getting ready to be to be to be rolled out. And uh, you know with the with the state with the state of our game and the and the uh, the participation of the of the ball companies in in helping out at the professional level, and like you said, with with the amateur bowlers who are trying to have a good time and they want to see their ball hook, and they've been seeing their ball hook for years, 
to uh, to roll it back would be would would take would take some 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 very some very very large uh, cojones by uh, <laughs> by the governing bodies and uh, uh, where where I would where I would respect that to a point I I think it would be it would be chaotic and the and the and the state of bowling is is I don't think it's I don't think it's healthy enough to to withstand that kind of a hit. Uh, I just I just think it's I think it's it's too late. It's it's uh, you know maybe we could. Well, I don't know. You know, I've, fortunately, I don't have to make these kind of decisions. But um, I, I just don't. I don't see it happening. I respect I respect Chad and his opinions, and uh, but I don't. I don't think that'll happen. The other half of the article, Sparky talks about topography and lane conditions. Did you guys ever talk about the word topography when you were on tour, seventies, <laughs> eighties? I mean, because the wood Not lanes. Left. All you had was really is one house got more lineage than the other, right? Well, not unless we were getting ready to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> no, we never, we never, we never talked about it. We we knew that uh, we knew that 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 you know one lane was different than the other. Uh, you know, back you know back when I was bowling, it was it was certainly more about um, you know putting your hand in the ball and and making and making it work and finding the best place to play the lanes from. Uh, today, the, uh, today's bowlers have to be much more um, scientific in their approach to the game, and not only not only have the have the gifts to, to throw the ball properly, but to to uh, pick the right piece of equipment to throw. I mean, I could I could virtually throw the wrong ball, you know, back in 1975, 1980, uh, and win a tournament. You throw the wrong ball on on today's with with today's players. Um, you'll get run over. I mean, you won't even. You're not going to make any money, let alone have a chance to win anything. It's just, it is, it is part of the game. Um, and and the and the best bowlers in the world do it better than anyone else. They they understand what what the balls can do, what they will do, and when the proper time to make the adjustments to to get off a ball that's 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 been working and go to the next go to the next progression to uh, to keep your shot alive. Yeah, and one guy that's really been doing that a lot lately on tour, and you got to see him a lot when you worked with us on Extra Frame at the World Series of Bowling, is EJ Tackett, and he wins the World Championship, wins the uh, DHC PBA Japan Invitational a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what's your opinion on EJ's game, what he's done to you know, really come out of the, uh, out of the shell and, and start stringing championships together? Well, the last piece of the equation was, was to, get the, to get the big win, you know, He's a very, very confident player, but his confidence was waning a little bit when he was when he was bowling for for big championships. Uh, but now that he's now that he's secured that you know that first major, I think the sky's the limit for him. He, he certainly he certainly comes into every tournament with the attitude that 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 I can beat these guys. He's doing it now, and uh, you know everything in life. I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday, and not talking about sport at all, but just. Just talking about how life is habitual, and when you when you get things going in the right direction, it's like a snowball going downhill. You can you can easily keep it going, and then when when the seeds of doubt start to creep in, you know it's like the it's like a, a faucet being turned off. But uh, right now for for EJ, he is he is well on his way to uh, to continuing this this great run, and and uh, he's supremely confident, and. Uh, you know, it's like it's he knows he's going to he knows he's going to bowl well when he comes into a bowling center, and 
and his opposition, uh, his his peers, they know he's going to bowl well too. So I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And then, of course, EJ was a great collegiate golfer before uh, starting on the PBA Tour. You are a phenomenal golfer as well. You've played near scratch for, for many, many years now. Is there a correlation between certain aspects of golf and bowling that you kind of use between those two sports and that somebody like EJ is probably using as well? Well, I think, I think the two sports have a lot of similarities uh, where it, it's, not, it's not totally uh, predicated on body size. You know, it, I, you know, EJ Taggart could never be a great basketball player because he's just too short. But, uh, but he can be a great bowler, and he is, and he can be a, a very good golfer. You know, it's a, these games are, are about golf and bowling are about putting your body in the proper position to accelerate through an object, whether it be a bowling ball or a golf club going through the golf ball. Um, so as, as long as you can, you can get the right, the right approach in bowling and get your hand in the right position to, you know, to accelerate through the ball or put your body in the right position where you're, where you're going through the proper, proper progressions um, to maximize club head speed, yeah, I see. I see a lot of a lot of similarities. Talking with Marshall Holman here on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan, Marshall. You look at some of these young kids that are coming in. Yes, for Svensson, uh, Tackett, Simonson, bunch of these guys all coming in at the same time. All very young guys. I, I don't know uh, if there's been another time like this in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years where you've had so many young, up-and-coming potential stars in the sport at one time. I think it's great, uh, and I've talked about this before. I, you know, I, I have enjoyed, uh, you know, doing doing the PB Extra Frame with uh, with Phil and Craig, and and uh, and and watching these new players come on and, and start to really dominate. You know, in in the past, I've uh, I've seen. You know, the Walter Ray Williams continue his great run for so many years, and Pete Weber, who had a phenomenal year last year, continuing to, to bowl great. And I like the storyline of that happening occasionally, but but I look at sport as being for the young and for the health of, of, the, of, uh, of the sport, for the health of the tour. I think it's imperative that young players, you know, show their dominance and and, and become the, the big stars that they're, that they're becoming. I think it's and you know it's great. We've got Francois Lavoie, who mm-hmm. who is uh, just been doing extraordinary things. Has his first major title. Yes, for Svensson, who, who I don't, I'm not so sure he's a, a manufacturer's best friend because he does most of his great bowling with with urethane. But um, yeah, and EJ Tackett, and, and just yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's necessary. I mean, the the fans like to see the players of yesteryear continue to bowl well because they're familiar with them but the sport needs new players to uh, you know to continue to you know to, to carry on the uh, you know the great bowling and the traditions of uh, of being young dominant players we had it we had it back in uh, in my era it has uh, it has not been that prevalent over the last over the last 20 years or so but uh, it's it has totally shown its face in the last in the last year or two. The one thing, uh, there's a couple of things I like about it. Uh, number one, I, I I like the 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 new style of bowling that's seeming to catch on, seemingly catching on because of Jason Belmonte, the two-handed style. Uh, that's fun. You start to see that in youth leagues and stuff. People or kids trying to mimic that. I'm not sure how much of a back they'll have left by the time they're done bowling, but uh, they're going to yeah. try it. Uh, and then the other thing I like is um, in the last few years, you've really seen an international flavor really start to pop up. 
um, uh, with the PBA Tour and seeing more and more international players, you know, trying to come over here uh, and compete amongst the best of the best and have an impact like a like a Svensson has here recently. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, it's great that bowling is bowling's always been an international sport, but the international players were never that competitive, except for you know a, the rare player like an Amlet Monticelli or, or a Mats Carlson. Uh, for the most part, international players would come and, and they would bowl in a, they would bowl an occasional tournament, and they could not compete with us. And that has totally changed. The international players have stepped up their games immeasurably and are and are. are very, very, very competitive against uh, against the Polish from the states, and I think that is probably the single best thing that's happening in the tour today is 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 having not just an American game, but 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 really an international game. I think that bodes well for the future. One of the things that we talk about a lot on the show, and Sparky loves talking about the marketing end of the PBA, is how do we get the young demographic to tune in to watch? PBA bowling. What's your answer to that? <laughs> Boy. Because I couldn't wait just... on a Saturday afternoon to get home to watch pro bowling and then the uh, B- ABC Wild World of Sports. I mean, I lived for Saturday afternoons for that, to watch you guys on TV. But yet today's youth, it's so hard to get them to, to watch their peers. Well, it is. It is. And, you know, part of, part of that is that, you know, back – Back in uh, when it was just ABC, NBC, and CBS, and there weren't these handheld devices and all these other kind of little computers, uh, you know, your choices your choices were to play outside or, or to or to watch sports on TV. Now there there's so many choices, both with uh, you know with hundreds and hundreds of of outlets on on television and all the all the games that uh, that are on your your handheld devices on your phones on on your you know your tablets and it's it's difficult it's difficult to to grab to grab young people's attention you know they live in the land of immediacy which is which is where we are now with you know with 24 hour access to to all to all sorts of different kind of news and and yeah we we're you know we it's it's incumbent on the on the on the on the PBA and on the sport to try and make bowling cool again and uh i think that you know the there are a lot of people that don't like the two-handed two-handed bowlers, but but you know the kids kids that are into bowling when they see that that's what they want to do. You know when it was when I was bowling back in the back in the seventies, everybody wanted to be Mark Roth because he could make the ball hook more than anybody, and and so that's that's what uh, what the young players, the young young you know young viewers that that are into bowling want to see. But as far as as trying to to really rally and and get a large group of young fans together, I just I don't have the answer to that. He is Marshall Holman, bowling legend here on the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show. Marshall, thanks so much for coming on and sharing some of uh, your great insight. Sparky, I appreciate it. Nice talking with you, Phil. I look forward to seeing you next week. Yes, indeed, and, in Columbus. Um, you bet. And uh, keep up the good work, guys. And uh, and thanks for all. I thought you guys were going to throw me some softballs. Those are hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> But they're good ones, I've, and I appreciate talking to you guys. You betcha. Take care. There he is, Marshall Holman on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. After 80 years of helping Wisconsin homeowners, Great Midwest Bank knows a thing or two about helping you buy, build, refinance, or renovate. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com. They're ready when you are. Yeah, Marshall on with us, all three of the majors for Extra Frames. So if you're not a subscriber 
uh, already, you've got a great reason to subscribe because you're going to get the great insight of Marshall the entire stretch of those three majors. I wasn't going to have him tell the story again, but I remember interviewing Marshall Holman. Oh, when would it have been? Uh, last year, two years ago, uh, whenever it was. Um, and we played the interview. I think I still have it. And um, he tells a story about a 9-11, you know, when all heck is breaking loose, and they're grounding planes all over the country. He was on a, on a plane coming from a tour in, I think it was Columbus, uh, in Ohio. And he had him back to California. And his plane got grounded in Milwaukee. So he's like, oh, boy. And thankfully, of all the towns he could have got grounded in, he has friends uh, in Milwaukee. Yeah. And where is it? Heartland, I think Yeah, the it is. Arena's family. They own right. Palmer's Steakhouse. Right. Yeah. In Heartland. So he was able to call them up, and he was able to go hang out at their restaurant and stay by them for a couple of days until he was get, uh, able to get back up in the air. That's mm-hmm. just... That's a crazy story. Yeah. Because I mean, think about it. You're you're gonna get you're going down somewhere to land and you're gonna be there for a day or two. And the fact that he landed in Milwaukee, knew somebody where he could stay, I mean, that's just totally random. I think you had that with a lot of pros because they went around all around the country versus com- today where it's mainly you know in Reno or, or Vegas. But when they toured, they went to a lot of cities and obviously met a lot Made of people. Friends. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I heard that before. Uh, that a lot of pros, when they were in town, didn't stay at hotels. They stayed with their friends at their homes. Yeah, that's pretty well. Uh, okay, he is Phil Brylow of Extra Frame, and, of course, Dwight Albrecht of the Castle Lanes uh, Spare Time Bowling Show, uh, presented by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Your chance to win that track ball. The track, how do you say it? Mako? Mako. Mako. Track Mako ball. Uh, all you have to do is go to M-I-L-W. Uh, C-A-R.com. M-I-L-W-C-A-R.com. There's a little, this little thing on the front of the website that, like, Flashes moves over. There's like two things. It's one of them. So if it's not there when you get when you bring the website, just wait. It'll flash over and then it'll be there, and uh, you can click on it uh, and submit your entry. Coming up next, uh, a pretty crazy story out of Waterford uh, from the bowling world involving an 18 year old girl. We'll talk about that next. Welcome in Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show, presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Your chance to win a bowling ball, a track make a bowling ball. And we'll draw off the winner coming up on February 26th. Tell your friends, tell your family members. Go to M-I-L-W-C-A-R.com. M-I-L-W-C-A-R.com. And as you just heard, Hot Stove Weekly coming up at 10 o'clock. Anthony Wittrado, contributing writer for ESPN.com now. Uh, he'll join us. That's always an interesting conversation, because very rarely do we ever agree with anything Anthony Wittrado says. Uh, so stay tuned for that uh, coming up at 10 o'clock. All right. I'm so used to normally promoting our Quaker Steak and Lube game day parties mm-hmm. that I, I don't have that to promote today because there's no no Packer football no. today. It's just Huge very weird. Down. It's there was, very, there was, very weird. There was weird. no Packer football, football last weekend either, the way it looked. Well, yeah, probably <laughs> so. But, Spark, you do a great job during, so. during that game going around and working the crowd. The game day parties? Mm-hmm. You know why he says that? Because his daughter won a signed picture. Oh, ah, Richard Betty, Rogers. Betty did. Oh, Betty won it. Yeah, Betty. Betty won it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, the family won themselves. Because <laughs> what we do is we have these tic-tac-toe. It's a lot of fun, though. Right. We have these tic-tac-toe cards, uh, and every square has something that can happen in the game. And then um, if you get tic-tac-toe, there's four different versions. That version gets tic-tac-toe. You get mm-hmm. put in. And then at the end of the game, everybody has tic-tac-toe. We pick winners out for signed stuff. 
mm-hmm. uh, from Master Z's, and they're nice enough to uh, help us every year. Yeah. But I will never put my hand up for Drinko, not with the <laughs> suggestions those guys you know come what? up with. I Pickle think, juice? Right. I think I'm changing that next year. Okay. I think. I've got to see if I can find <laughs> the new game that I want to buy. Uh, but I, I think Drinko's going away, and I think there will be a new halftime game next year. I'm not telling you what it is on the radio. I'll tell you off the air. Uh, if I can find it again, I, I've seen it for the last two years at the mall, and I've never bought it, but I think I'm going to buy it for next year. Because people, he's right, people get scared of that game. Oh, I'm sure. Because we've let the people there um, pick what the shots are for each letter, and some can get pretty brutal and nasty yes. for sure. Yeah, Yeah. last Sunday I was bowling the Waukesha City Tournament at Fox Lanes. That's why I didn't make it the Quaker Stake. And we started at 1 o'clock in the squad. I've never seen people bowl so fast in my life. You want people to get done with bowling quickly? Have a 2 p.m. Packer kickoff exactly. before they start. And I'll tell you what, we were the last, Rapid bowling. We were the last ones done, and it was like 3.30 for five-person teams. It was, it was oh insane my God. how quick we Five-person teams? Yeah, yeah, and we were done in like less than two and a half hours. It was, it was Not even one-lane etiquette. Yeah, just about, yeah. It was just about it. That's awesome. Uh, okay, so something pretty phenomenal. Uh, happened in high school bowling uh, in Waterford. The Racine Journal Times uh, had the story at journaltimes.com. If you want to check it out, uh, Waterford's Ruffalo, Tatum Ruffalo. Do you know who Tatum Ruffalo is? Yeah, she's made a couple of our shows on Spectrum Sports. Okay, so she is a legitimate bowler, then, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, hadn't bowled in the River City Saturday Juniors League for a while. She made a triumphant return yesterday. The Waterford High School senior uh, came back and she bowled. A two seventeen game to start. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? I mean, I, most people would take a two seventeen game if they haven't bowled in juniors league in a while. Uh, so that that was that was pretty good. Um, then she bowled back to back three hundred games. Yep. She shot uh, eight seventeen. Finished the morning with twenty eight straight strikes. Eight seventeen. Yeah. First female bowler to ever roll an eight hundred series. Uh, in Waterford, her previous high was 745. I can't even imagine. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have you shot 800 before. Yes, of course he has. Why would I? Even I, I ask? Yeah. Okay, More threes than eights. How, how many eights have you shot? I have two 800s. Two 800s. What's mm-hmm. your highest 800? 815. Woo! She got 817. She beat Dwight. <laughs> Eight, 800. <laughs> I love it. 800 is one of the hardest things a bowler can do because you have to carry for three games, not one. Right. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. right. But okay, so how did your how did your eight fifteen go? Was it the three in the beginning and then something in the middle and then three later? You thought I normally am cycle when I bowl? Oh, I don't I, know. I had an out of body experience. <laughs> I, I I could have threw a block party. <laughs> I was so excited I shot eight hundred. So how did how did yours go though? Hers started with a two seventeen and then she rolled twenty eight in a row. That's well, crazy to me. I remember it was village bowl and a couples league. That's what I remember. And I remember I had a double uh, in the tenth to get it. Um, I don't remember what the, the the games were going to that point, but I did not shoot 300 in that set. You didn't shoot a 300 at all? Mm-mm. See, I just assumed you had to throw at least one to get to eight. No. no. Uh, there's been guys that have shot 279 triplicates. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 279 triplicates for mm-hmm. uh, eight, what, like 830. It, it's, a, it's a great story, but where's the Sentinel Journal? Where's Channel 4, Channel 6, oh, Channel 12? Well, Racine, Racine Journal Times is always pretty good with the local coverage, and I think the center's there. The way they contribute, they make sure the Dude, scores got... get called in and everything. Like, you know, Phil and Patty Anko from Castle Lanes and, and, and uh, the Landerman family at, mm-hmm. at the, the Bowl on 20. 
Uh, you've got the Rosian family at River City Lanes. They always make sure that they're getting stuff to the Journal Times. And well, Journal the Journal Times, Times has a, a bowling guy who yeah. loves his bowling and Rob, and he does a great job covering bowling for the Racine Journal Times, more so than all these other newspapers that I've seen around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 18-year-old Ruffalo, whose previous high series was 745, had been bowling in other tournaments in recent weeks, decided to bowl in the league almost as an afterthought. Quote, I was like, let's go bowl and see what my score looks like. I got a couple new balls a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to try something different, some different things out. She started out with a 217 game but wasn't happy with the results, so she switched to a new ball in the 10th frame of that game. Ruffalo didn't leave another pin standing the rest of the way. I was leaving a lot of 10 pins on the right lane. I switched to a more aggressive ball to see what it would do. She didn't think about the possibility of a perfect game until the last ball of the second game. Yeah, and equipment don't matter? Well, of course it matters. Yes, of course There's it matters. no question. Yeah. Going back to Ch- the original, you know, Chad Murphy's story. Absolutely. You know? Is she going to is she going to go bowl in college? I would imagine. I know from uh, her stepfather, Matt Zanella, I know from his posts on Facebook, uh, they've done some NCAA college visiting, that type of thing. So I would assume that. This has to help talent, put her on she, the mat. Well, yeah, and with, with the talent she's already shown out there, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if an NCAA Division One program scooped her up. How many threes have you had bowl in all your tournaments that you've done? Any? We've on TV? A, none, on, none on TV. No TV 300s yet. We had one, but it was an adult tournament, none by the youth. I don't care about the adults. Yeah. But none by the youth yet. None by the youth. So we've that's two, next We've thing. had 279s, but we haven't had a 300. So yesterday I'm working this shop. Yep. Another another great story, and I'm sure Phil saw it on Facebook too. Last week we had Oak Creek boys and girls on, right. and I get a phone call at the shop right before I close from another high school coach from another team saying, hey, you guys are going to be on the air tomorrow thought I would let you know, he calls me to tell me this, that the Oak Creek boys yesterday, the last week of their competition, went and shot a Baker 300. Nice! At, at um, where they have Village? I believe they may have been at Village. I don't, I yeah. don't That's know. That's awesome. exciting. Yeah, I mean, when we had Dayton Passanti right. on last week. Yep. He got some grief on Twitter for the hard time I gave him. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I saw that after I got up there. But they said it was uh, fifth in school history. Yes. Uh, that they shot uh, Baker 300. So, I mean, you Good got job, guys. Yeah, five different players, you know, in that game to shoot the 300. And, of course, it was quite exciting in the Boeing only watching the clip on Facebook. I can imagine. Oh, somebody shot video of uh, the last mm-hmm. last bowler or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. What an eruption. Yeah, yeah, that is that is crazy. Because, so, again, that's now you're talking about a high school kid with all that pressure on him, with not only for himself, but now you got all of this team on the pressure from them on him. And all the parents, the grandparents, oh, man. It was just the inspiration of being on a radio show, Sparky. We took him to another level. <laughs> oh, well, okay, we'll go with that. If we can hop across the border really quick, Nate Stubler, uh, the family's really big in bowling in, in north-central Illinois. Uh, they had the Illinois State High School Championships near St. Louis this weekend. And on Friday, uh, Nate came out and shot back-to-back 800s for a six-game qualifier. Oh. Averaged 273 for the day. He ended up winning the tournament by 300 pins. For 12 back games to of back eights in yeah. a state tournament? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's talent. so, uh, I mean, the high school talent is out there. It's just a matter of keeping them going and keeping in it once they get through college. And, yeah. And, right. that's and convincing why, them to go try and be on the PBA tour. Right. Versus that's why going they're having something such, else. such success when they get out yeah. there. That's crazy. All right. We got to take a quick time out, come back, wrap it up. Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show presented to you by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association, where you can win a brand-new track Mako ball by going to milwcar.com, milwcar.com. About out of time here. Coming up next, Hot Stove Weekly, Anthony Wittrato joining Tim Allen and myself. 
on deck event today. Uh, downtown Milwaukee for the Brewers. I'm sure a lot of you are probably on your way there. If not, you can listen to this show as you head on down there on coming up next from 10 to 11. Phil, what's on Spectrum Sports? I got to get you saying Spectrum Sports instead of Time Warner. What's yeah, on Spectrum here. Sports? Uh, the Midwinter High School Classic from Castle Lanes in Racine. We did that uh, New Year's Eve, and it starts airing at 11 a.m. tomorrow and a Dude. couple other times during the week. Seriously, $5 Fridays. From noon until 9 p.m. $5 all you can bowl plus shoe rental. And then under $7 for all you can bowl from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Sunday, including shoe rental. You just, you're not going to beat that. That's very hard for me to believe you're going to beat that. It's worth just driving down there and spending the gas money or whatever and uh, taking advantage of Phil Onko being crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's what I would suggest. Uh, okay, what's up, Dwight? What's going on with you over at the New Berlin Pro Shop? It's tournament season. Yeah. Everyone's getting ready. New releases for the last three months of the year. A lot of great balls out, including the track Mako. Right. So come on, bowlers, get your new ball for the tournament season. You still crazy busy like always? Of course. Of course. Always <laughs> is. Always, always, always. All right, that'll do it for the Castellane Spare Time Bowling Show. Next week, we get ready for live PBA bowling for the month of February, uh, including uh, Chris Paul uh, Invitational uh, coming up and a made-for-TV event. And we'll tell you more about that coming up next Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan Hot Stove Weekly is next. Have a good day.